Hello and welcome to the ETOF21 Sports Podcast for November 17th. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF21 Sports. We have an absolutely loaded show for you today. I'm going to look back at Thursday Night Football, obviously talk about the injuries that took place there. I'll give you who I'm going to be building around in terms of the DFS lineup. David's going to come on. We're going to share our best bets of the day, what bets we're locking in for the NFL. And Jim and I will talk some CFL Gray Cup. As always, the ETOF21 Sports Podcast is sponsored by Thrive Fantasy. Download the Thrive app. Use promo code ETOFT for 100% deposit match. ETOF21 Sports Show obviously will be back this Tuesday. Make sure to check that out. 10 p.m. Eastern Time XFL Jim is this week's special guest. Now, in terms of the game, the big news, look, Burrow, done. Andrews, done. What does that do? Uh, Bengals are going to have a fucking phenomenal draft pick. You kind of take a look of what Taylor's done with no Burrow. It's going to be a high draft pick. This is going to allow the Bengals to get a playmaker wide receiver, get some defensive line help, some offensive line help, whatever. Um, in terms of the Ravens, Lamar throws to the middle of the field. He cannot throw to the fucking outside of the field. And that's why Andrews and Zay Flowers are such a big part of this offense. And this is going to make more on Zay Flowers to produce. May Isaiah likely, look, he's just not Mark Andrews. Obviously, he's going to be a hot DFS community pickup in the community and everything. But look, in terms of a guy that I want... I don't know. I think there's plenty other options. I don't think Lamar is going to be throwing to him that much. It's maybe Beckham will step up, but this puts a big hurt on the Ravens' pass game. And now the Ravens are going to be without Andrews and J.K. Dobbins going into the playoffs trying to win a championship. This hurts them more than I really think people are realizing, and it's going to prevent them from being able to win it all in a year when everything is completely wide open in the NFL. In terms of the game, look, defense from the Ravens looks stout. Run game looks stout. But at the end of the day, it's their passing game that really has me concerned. Bengals, eh, you know, Joe Mixon time. Jamar Chase's production is going to go down. That defense, defensive line can't create enough pressure for my light liking. Can't stop the run enough. Going to be a long season. But like I said... You know, look, Higgins is going to be moved. You know, maybe you can sign with a franchise tag or trade him, get get some picks. You get a high pick, you can replace him with a high pick. But my issue with the Bengals is this. You play with your food. They play with their food way too goddamn much this season, and it fucking cost them. They came out of the gate slow. They didn't get anything going, and... Now you're in this position where you're five for five and Burrow's done. And I just, I don't know. I just, I really have a problem with the way the Bengals attack the season every single year with this. And also, what about Joe Burrow's injury history? Are we, he see like ACL sprains. He's been hurt a lot. <laughs> He's been hurt an awful lot. And the kid's a pit bull, but these injuries are, look, are a little bit concerning terms of the game you know the game was never close as soon as burrow went out with that injury you knew he was going 
the Ravens were done. We were able to cash up minus two and a half we got off of openers, which which was absolutely fucking phenomenal. Um, but yeah, you know, that's kind of my thoughts of this game. Now let's switch over. Let's talk some DFS. I absolutely kind of love the DFS lineup that we have going on in this weekend. Again, I want to apologize. My neighbor is blowing his goddamn leaves. So that is kind of the background noise that is going on right now. But we're not here to talk about that. We are here to talk some goddamn DFS. And oh my God, if you guys tailed along last week, we absolutely murdered it with Mike Evans. Now in terms of this slate, this slate is a little tricky, but I absolutely love it. Obviously, quarterback is a little tricky. No Lamar, Herbert on the road, no Mahomes, no Hurts. And we could pay up. But you know what? I'm getting grimy here. I'm going to go to Will Levis. I'm going to play down for him. The Jags give up 22.3 DraftKings points, third most per game to opposing quarterbacks. We saw Brock Purdy put up 23 last week against the Jags. With the past funnel type system that the Jags run, this is going to allow Will Levis to get into some rhythm. Jags also are one of the worst teams in the NFL third downs. This is going to allow the Jags to withstand some drives, get some length in the drives. Look, I know that Levis has struggled the past, past couple games, but Falcons and Jags kind of run the similar defense. Plus, I don't believe this Jags defense is as good as the Steelers defense the game against the Bucks, you know look that he should have put up good numbers against the Bucks. but like I said the Jags run a similar style to the Falcons where Levis had success I'm gonna go a little bit low budget here and I'm gonna play Will Levis next one I'm gonna go to and oh my god did I want to play Tony Pollard I so wanted to play Tony Pollard but I could not get myself to do it I tried to warn you guys, everyone at the beginning of the season, I told you guys Pollard was not a top 10 running back. But people insisted he was. And I almost pulled the trigger because people are going to be pissed off and he's going to be so under-owned this week after his disappointing performance again last week against the New York Giants. But I'm going to go in a different direction. I'm going to go Austin Eckler. I mentioned this before, we are going to be attacking the Packers defense against the running backs. Last week, Harris 16.1, Warren 22 points for the Steelers. He, um, Eckler averaging 26 DK points the last three games. Packers give up 105 yards per game rushing, 34 in the receiving games. They're 22 DVOA against the run. Eckler, third in the team in targets, fourth in yards. He's always going to be a factor in the passing game. And with DK, you know, we get the full point PPR. Eckler's last three games, he's averaged 22.3 points. He has just been a goddamn monster. And the one thing about Eckler that has really stood out to me in doing all this DFS stuff is he plays for DraftKings. He, not DraftKings, excuse me, he plays for fantasy points. All this motherfucker wants to do is score fucking fantasy points. Inside the 10, this guy is an absolute beast trying to get in the zone. Before the 10, this guy's the softest motherfucker in the world, dude. Someone sneezes and then he falls down. 
that's just what it is. I think Eckler's going to have a big game. Like I said, we're going to attack the defense of the Packers moving forward. If you have some bigger balls, you can play Tony Pollard. But look, I just can't do it. For the wide receiver, we're going out to San Fran playing Debo Samuel. Sometimes the whole thing when we do this fantasy football thing is just not to outthink the room. The Bucks struggle versus the slot, giving up the second most fantasy points per game to opposing slot wide receivers. Bucks run a pass funnel system, middle of the field. Obviously, this is going to open stuff up for Debo. Teams that run a similar offense, such as the 49ers, the Texans, who the Bucks just played, Tank Dell, who runs out of the slot, scored 33.6 points. Debo put up 15.9 points against the Jags. He looked healthy, looks like he was ready to bounce back. Also, the Bucks give up the third most points per game to opposing wide receivers. So, in terms of the guys we're building around against, we're going low budget to open up some money for you guys. We're taking Will Levis at our quarterback position. At the running back position, we're going Austin Eckler. And at the wide receiver position, we are going Debo Samuels. Now let's shift our attention over to the start-sit questions that were sent in. Daryl Henderson or Rashad White? Look, Seattle's off-road versus the running back. Again, another situation. Let's just not outthink the room. We are going to take Daryl Henderson. Deontay Foreman or Miles Sanders? Look, this is a dirty one. If this is what your fantasy football has come to, I feel immensely sorry for you. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Sanders just because I think he's going to get more touches and Detroit is very scout against the run. Jonathan Nango or... Mingo or Rondale Moore. Obviously, I'm going to go with Rondale Moore because the Texans do struggle against the pass. Mingo is relying on Bryce Young, and it was just announced that Frank Wright's going to be taking back over play calling, which I'm not a big fan of. Christian Watson, Christian Watson or Cahill Shakir. Look, I'm going to take Shakir by default. Watson's been an absolute zero factor in this passing game. For whatever reason, LaFleur will not go call plays for Watson. Obviously, it's all Jalen Reed and Wilkes. I have no idea why Dobbs and Watson aren't getting more because of that. I'll go Shakir, Curtis Samuel, or Elijah Moore. Look, you have to take Curtis Samuel. Elijah Moore is going to have P.J. Walker, and you really trust P.J. Walker throwing you the ball. Look, there you have it. There is who we are building around the DFS and who... And, excuse me, and me answering your start-sit questions. As always, feel free to DM me those. Next week will be a little funky, obviously, with the Thanksgiving holiday. But look, I'm here to help you guys. Old Uncle Rico is here to help you guys. So anything you guys need, feel free to hit me up, and I'll do my best to answer your start-sit questions. Now let's shift our attention over to some NFL and see what bets David and I are locking in for the weekend. We've reached the part of the podcast. We're talking NFL betting, and who better to come on than the man, the myth, the man who's not wearing a Buffalo Bills hat today, David, <laughs> a.k.a. better DP21. David, how you doing today, my man? This is the closest hat I had to me, man. 
Uh, yeah, no, happy Friday, man. Things are good. You know, I'm looking forward to uh, continuing a winning streak for ourselves here. Uh, I feel like last recent weeks, we've each one of us has either gone two and zero, you know, and the other one's Splitsville. So, you know, definitely people are profitable, you know, uh, across the board with the with the plays we're giving out. So, it's looking to do more of the same. Now, before we jump into our bets, obviously, for anyone listening for the first time, David is a huge Buffalo Bills fan. I mean, obviously, I kind of feel Dorsey's kind of being scapegoated right here. Um, anytime you lose what they did on defense, you're kind of up against it. Yep. What is your take on Ken Dorsey being gone and Joe Brady coming in? I mean, you know, I, to your point, everybody's going to be up against the wall. I think he I – don't, I don't know about scapegoat, but I will say that, you know, I <laughs> – how many times have I come on this show and, and been like, you know, if they're not running the ball this weekend, I don't know what they're doing. And that has been the case in recent weeks, you know, against uh, formidable, you know, run defenses that we should have been running all over, uh, in my opinion. So they weren't running the ball, you know, and by the time that they started to, they were playing catch up. So they got away from, you know, what they probably could have been as an identity early in the game, um, you know, playing catch up later in the game, forcing, you know, plays now. Some of those are decisions on Josh. Some of them, you know, aren't even really even on Josh as much as they are just the course of play, right? You're talking about a tip pass that becomes an interception. Next thing you know, it's like chalked on his stat line. It's another interception. So, you know, things like that were happening. You know, people not, you know, ball security has obviously been an issue uh, on, you know, on the offensive side of the ball. And, but, you know, end of the day, people are going to look at, how are they moving the ball? You know, what's, are they in a good pattern? Are they in a good rhythm? You know, and, and they haven't been, and everybody was like, why are they forcing, you know, to put up points here for what is really the same offense that they've always had for the last, you know, almost two, three years at this point. Um, I really think I agree with you hundred uh, percent. They brought in Cromer from the Rams who developed the zone blocking system that Gurley had his success in. I really thought when, they um they have it um when they drafted cook that's what we're gonna see but i just really think they haven't used cook to what they should be using cook at that's been a disappointment uh but i will say this if mcdermott kind of lets brady do what brady did at lsu i think this offense could be kind of fun a little rpo with allen and cook some deep shots with Gabe Davis using digs in a chase role all over the place. But McDermott needs to have that trust in Brady just being like, Hey, this is you. You know what I mean? Cause when yep. Brady came in and he was with the Panthers, he quit. He didn't get fired. He quit because rule just had him handcuffed and it turns to being old school run the ball. So maybe it could be fun. And the next thing I wanted to ask you is, I was driving in the car and I was listening to satellite radio and somebody um, made this analogy. I'm spacing on who it was. I wish I could give him credit. Is Josh Allen this generation's Dan Marino? (laughs) That is a very interesting comparison. Uh, You know, had early playoff success early in his career. Yep. Talent, but... It's kind of where my head went first thing was about the early playoff success and you know what a, I lot mean? Of, a lot of regular season wins, right? Yeah, um, and a lot of turnovers, you know, like is that yeah. 
is that are we are we kind of seeing Josh Allen go down that that path of Dan Marino? And Marino's a Hall of Famer, but he never was a champion. Correct. Yeah. I mean, and how many players we can say that across all sports, right? I mean, yeah. you know, when you really think about that. But. And I mean, like he's you know one of the better players of all time, put up great numbers, but he never got to that elite level. And I'm like, I'm starting to worry. That's what we're going to see with Josh Allen. I mean, I I don't disagree. Um, I mean, we're still not out of it. Uh, yeah. We we obviously need to win this weekend, <laughs> but you know, either way, um, I do agree. I I would say that's actually a very good, that's a formidable comparison for for Josh right now. Just kind of where he's at, right? A lot of regular season wins. It's like hype train rolls into you know getting a playoff spot. Hopefully, we still get a playoff spot this year, but you know. Yeah, I mean, a lot of early, a lot of early on success in his career, but yeah, we're starting to reach that point where it's like put up or shut up, and you know, and get there. But you know, this is a what is it? The NFL is that you know that league and business of win now, and yeah. you know, and if and if you're just not, I mean, that's obviously why you know Dorsey found his way out, and I mean, I'm not saying that they need to replace Josh, but at some point they're going to turn to him and go, "Hey, man." <laughs> We, this is on you now. Like, um, so we're here, you know, for those listening for the first time, David gives a half of half side or total, a half side or total. I give a player prop that we each have a full game side. We're going to go on. David is the guest. So David, you lead us off. You go first, my friend. All right. Great. So for this week, coming into week 11 here, looking at, uh, first half bet. I'm looking at the Eagles at the Chiefs on Monday Night Football. Um, I am looking at the over in the first half, the over at 23. So my model is showing this as a projection score of 31 and a half. We are talking about the best delta on my board. Um, you know, over Vegas right now with an eight and a half point advantage or edge, if you will, over the book line. So reason why I like this a lot is because it plays to both strengths of both teams, right? You have the Chiefs who have the better passing defense and <clears throat> with a better passing offense at number five. So the Chiefs have passing offense at number five with the, my uh, DeVoe rankings, passing defense at number three. The Eagles passing defense is actually their weakest point. It is number 22 overall passing defense for the Eagles. Eagles also have a great passing offense. I mean, both of these are top 10. Eagles are number eight. But I don't see them having that edge across the Chiefs in this one. I think the the Chiefs are going to – excuse me, not just an edge for the game. I'm talking about just for the, the totals here, right? So as I'm comparing the offense to defense, the Chiefs' best way to get ahead in points in this game is going to be through the air. For the Eagles, it's going to be on the ground. That's what I'm getting at. So – their rushing offense for the Eagles is top 10, number six in the league, number two overall rushing defense. On the contrary, the, the Chiefs, though, are a rushing offense of number 23 and a rushing defense of 20. So when you compare the difference of rushing to passing, the Eagles should be running the hell out of the ball. Chiefs should be passing the shit out of the ball. You know, they should be lighting it up like that. And those are kind of what the, each of their strengths are, you know, just between both of these teams anyway. So, I really can see them, you know, scoring early and often against each other. 
uh, moving the ball up and down the field just based on, you know, the defensive uh, rankings that I have, you know, being kind of bottom third tier of the pack um, on both the passing and rushing defense side of the ball for both of these teams. So that is kind of where I like it. I like the edge. I like really the points edge to see that over um, hit over the 23 points. I like it. I like, I think also another key thing to that, why it could balloon out is I think Sirianni's going to gamble. I think he's going to yeah. go for two a lot. I think anytime it's fourth and short, he is going to go for it. So I absolutely, absolutely. love that. Um, my next one, and you know what? Death, taxes, and running backs receiving yards over against the Chicago Bears. <laughs> Why are we going to go away from this? The Bears <laughs> allow the most receiving yards to opposing running backs, allowing 61.5 yards receiving a game. The only running back who finished the game, obviously Javante Williams got hurt, or he he would have gone over. He got hurt. He didn't get over hurt his, so I'm not going to count him. The only running back that played a full game that didn't go over his, Josh Jacobs for the Raiders. Hmm. That's when I believe Brian Hoyer was starting. So there's that. Gibbs is third on the Lions in targets and receiving yards. Gibbs has gone over this total of 24 and a half in three straight games. He is averaging seven targets, six receptions, 40 three yards bears are quietly very stout against the run too they quietly have done a good job defending the run really struggle defending the pass so that's why i took that's why i'm betting jameer gibbs over 24 and a half yards receiving going back to that well again my friend i mean i love it right i mean every every time you go to this well i love it because the the defensive rankings there you know, for the Bears in terms of their passing defense are still in the bottom third. They're still ranked 29 for me going into this week. Um, I love this, but I take it every time. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the um, at the chart right now. So right now, the Bears, they give up 615 yards, okay, in 10 games. The next highest team is your Bills at 490. Yeah. I mean, it's a full 100 yards and change better. I mean, it's absolutely absurd how bad they are defending the running back. So, look, we're just going to go back to the well, and we're just going to keep hammering it and hammering it and hammering it. Jameer Gibbs, baby. Um, yep. Full side, man. I think you could get run out of Denver with this bet you're going to give out too, man. <laughs> yeah, so next bet, looking at the full side here, we're actually going to flip-flop over to Sunday Night Football. Uh, we're going to go Vikings at Broncos, taking the Vikings money line at plus 115. So reason for this is because, you know, and even in recent weeks here, I have, you know, been – touting the Vikings, just overall stat numbers. I've been loving uh, Josh Dobbs coming in there. Um, you know, the the VOA rankings, as we list them up, um, <clears throat> really way in favor of Minnesota across the board here. Denver, the VOA rankings-wise, is last in rushing defense and last in passing defense um, and, and going into this week. So, you know, the Vikings, on the other hand, are looking at pretty much a top 12 rushing offense, 
um, as well, at, or excuse me, uh, top 12 rushing defense as well as a top nine passing defense. And then they have a top 12 passing offense. Um, also, the rushing offense for Vikings sitting at 26. I mean, I think they get this done through the air against the Broncos is where I'm coming from. Um, Broncos on the other side of the ball. I mean, middle of the tier, right? Middle tier pack kind of uh, game for themselves. I mean, <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. The Bills couldn't have done anything more than to beat themselves and give the Broncos a win last week. Yeah. They turned the ball over four times. And then they can't count how many people are sitting there in the defensive side of the ball for a PAT. You've got to be kidding me that they won that game. Um, so, you know, just, you know, that aside, you know, feelings hurt. <laughs> but, you know, I really do look at this matchup. The Vikings have been coming out very strong very early in these games. I think, you know, I think Dobbs is going to continue to find uh, Hawkinson. I think he's going to continue to find uh, Jefferson if he's going to be playing this weekend. Um, you know, he's, he's finding his open man. He's taking what the defense gives him the whole way. And they are marching up and down this field on teams over the recent weeks. So, you know, put me again on the Vikings going back to the well with them money line plus one fifteen. Justin, I'm questionable. Jefferson and Madison are listed as questionable for the game. Okay. Um, I will say this about the, Vikings. My big thing with them coming into the season was offensive line. Their offensive line in my rankings has been a top five unit for the year. Offensive line completely improved. Um, and also Flores. Flores, uh, I think he kind of knows this defense has a lot of issues. <laughs> and because of that, he is bringing as much heat as he can to kind of band-aid those issues and trying to right. force quarterbacks to go through those progressions. So you got to give Flores credit. Um, and, you know, that's kind of the story that's taken over the nation, dude. You know, yep. Joshua, I don't know his middle name. God, what is his – wouldn't it be cool if his middle name was like Sinclair? <laughs> <laughs> Joshua Dobbs. Um, so all I need all I need in that game, because I'm in a must-win fantasy thing, is 80 yards and a tutty from Javante Williams. That's all I need. Just give okay. me the tutty from Javante, and I'm good. <laughs> um, my next one, and this is grimy. And look, there's always one big spread team that knocks all these people onto Survivor, and I got a feeling it's going to be this team I'm going to share right here. I think the Panth. I bet the Panthers plus eleven. And if there's a game that a Dak Prescott quarterback team coached by Mike McCarthy could lose, it would be this game. Teams that won by 30 points or more the um, previous week, the week that they're in are 46% ATS. When they are favored, that drops down to 45. When they're a road favorite, that drops down to 39 and a half. Just in general, since 2005, so 20 years in betting data, road favorites laying 10 or more in the NFL are 41.5% ATS. Then I looked at Dak's home and road splits. Completion percentage down 17 points. Yards down, even though he has one more game on the road. Yards per pass a completion down. TDs down, INTs up. 
he has just really struggled on on the road for whatever reason. He's not putting it up. Pants Panthers defense, they have some dudes. Burns, Henderson, those guys are going to be coming back, which makes this unit pretty good. I kind of feel it's a letdown spot for the Cowboys coming off that big win over the Giants where they beat them by over 30, where you have all those trends. And then they have the Thanksgiving Day game against the Commanders right around the Turner corner. Panthers offense has looked better. They're starting to use a lot more motion. And the Cowboys struggle defending the slot. And the only person that Bryce Young throws to is old man feeling. To me, look, this is just a Panther spot. And I bet the Panthers here plus 11. And I think it's worth a small sprinkle on the money line. Oh, that really gets me there. I mean, I you're talking like a plus 300 something, right? Oh, my God. Let me look at it right now. I have not let it in because I thought plus 480 is the highest Oof. one I'm seeing, depending on the book. One of them has a 390, and it's all the way up to 480, kind of depending on the book that you use. But I like you made this comment. Um, Oh my God, you made me this comment last year that people don't look at betting as a money line bet. You know, they don't look at NFL as, yeah, they look at it as a spread bet and not a money line. Yep. Yep. So I look at it how when I first started betting was always like, hey, you don't bet on a team unless you think they're going to win. Bingo. So, I mean, look, I'm still, for some reason, I'm still. My ass is still alive in Circa. I'm still fucking nickel and diamond it by my way from Circa. I have no idea how the hell I'm still alive in Circa. And God damn it, if I win Circa and it's because Daniel Jones came back in that game against the Cardinals in week two, I'm buying myself a Danny Dimes jersey and donating to his charity of his choice. You have but, to. <laughs> but it's just, I feel that I, since I'm betting the Panthers, I kind of feel the Panthers can win. I can't use the Cowboys this week in in, in Circa. Yeah. So I, I, I'm forcing myself. I have to look elsewhere. So that's just kind of my thing with the money line. But I think it's a comment you made. I think it was last year that I think people often forget that you have to look at it as money line betting, not just spread betting in the NFL. And case in point, college football, like I've my spread betting I'm I'm awful this year. I am so bad in spread betting in college football, but I've hit some big money line dogs, and because of that, I'm I'm in the I'm in the uh, I'm in the green for the year. Yep. So we need to uh, we need to remember that when betting these. Well, I mean, games. you know, yeah, and I agree. I mean, I, I love that you brought this up, just because I do think people just forget about that, right? Like you you should be betting on the teams that win are also going to cover. That's where I come from, exactly. right? Period. So, you know, when I, that's why I've always said anything that I see as an edge below, you know, a touchdown, basically, you should be betting on their money line. I mean, absolutely the whole way. And that's why I give out a majority of my plays, like, you know, as money line bets um, that are, you know, under that number of seven. So, you know, I mean, right at about the seven mark, you know, when you get to the seven and a hook and above, that's when I will say, okay, you know, it's hard to beat teams by two scores most most times in professional yeah. sports in general. So, you know, at that point, I, I consider the spread. But to your point, yeah, always sprinkle a little bit something on that money line. I yeah. mean, 
I love where that's at. Yeah, you, I, you always always have to do it. And look, if you did like last week, I had I'm not trying to pour salt on the wound, but I had the Browns and I had the Broncos, and those yep. are two two big nice money line hits. Correct. David, I like to thank you for coming on talking some NFL. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media, my friend? All right, thank you for that. <clears throat> yeah, look for me on uh, Twitter, Instagram. Post some plays there. Uh, you know, retweeting a lot of this stuff here that we're doing uh, with the show as well. So better DP twenty one on Instagram and Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it now. <laughs> um, yeah, it's so weird. I don't know where it is. Um, and then also we'll be back in two weeks. Obviously Thanksgiving. Yep. And um, so we're gonna take the podcast is off next week. I don't know about you, but when I go home to visit my parents, like have it like I love my mom to death, but showing her how to do the shared notes on the iPhone and having <laughs> her send a note to me, my sister, and my brother about everything in the house <laughs> to get done. And then there I just me knowing my brother and my sister knows that Christmas tree, me, Christmas light setups, me. Yeah. Uh, setting up the trader on the Christmas tree, me. Sinking the Christmas lights to Alexa, me. You know, I'm just like, okay, all this shit's going to be me when my sister and brother are doing shit. So we're going to take next week off. We're going to be spending time with our holiday. I hope everyone has a good holiday. I hope you have a good holiday, my friend. Um, But, and here's a question I'm asking everyone this week. Do you like stuffing stuffed in the turkey or do you like stuffing that's cooked separate? I like it both. Yeah. Um, You know what I mean? I mean, they, they each have a different flavor. Um, but you know, yeah, I, I really enjoy, I, I do enjoy maybe more from the Turkey. I think I do too. I do too. Yeah. Kind of big fight with somebody earlier today about this topic. I'm more of a Turkey, a stuff in the Turkey type of guy, not the go. separate dish. It just doesn't, doesn't have that taste. Yeah. Uh, good luck in your bets, man. Let's make some money. Sure. We'll talk in a few weeks, my friend. Thank you, sir. Please give my boy David a follow at BetterDP21. Now let's shift our attention over to some CFL. It is finally here. We have reached the Grey Cup. And who better to come on than the man, the myth, the legend, XFL Jim. Jim, how you doing today, my man? We finally made it. The CFL season is a marathon, my friend. And that's putting it lightly. I mean, this season's so goddamn Oh, we can swear it's my podcast. Goddamn fucking long, dude. We went through the end of the USFL season, the end of NFL preseason, and I'll, most of college football. <laughs> I mean, it's. I mean, think about that, dude. Like, <laughs> it lasted longer than the MLB season. Did it, no, it started later than the MLB season, but yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ. Still. It started during the NBA playoffs, and it's ending during the next NBA season. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> um, so we're down. I mean, to no to no one's shock, um, Winnipeg is here. Um, you know, ran through the West, but in a little bit of a surprise, Montreal is here. Defense has been absolutely stout. Nine turnovers against Toronto. Did not allow a TD against Hamilton. And this line per our friends at Bed Online is eight and a half, 310 on the money line. Over under is 
47. I mean, dude, does Montreal the defense to make this a game, or is Winnipeg just going to curb stop them? So I do think Montreal's defense, uh, they are showing things that I haven't seen from them all season. We've we've talked on this show and Spring Fever time and time again that Montreal seems to crumble against the better teams. Mm-hmm. Didn't do it last week against Toronto. I don't think Winnipeg will obviously make the mistakes. and I think Zach Kalaros is, at the very least, a much safer quarterback than Chad Kelly. I think the defense will be good enough to make this a very interesting game. Eight and a half seems almost crazy to me. I say almost for reason, but I'm excited. The Grey Cup the last two years has been electric. I hope that continues. So you're on the eight and a half then. That's how I took it. I'm on Toronto. I'm on Winnipeg minus the eight and a half. I just feel like this is this is less to do with any analytics. I'm just pushing everything out of my brain. Winnipeg lives to crush Cody Fajardo and just destroy him and his hopes and dreams. This is what I'm doing, Jim. I am taking the plus eight and a half with Montreal. I'm taking the plus 310 with Montreal. For the fr- That's for the game. For the first mm-hmm. half, I am taking Montreal and Winnipeg under the 23 and a half, and then I'm going to parlay for the first half, Montreal plus four and a half and the under of 23 and a half. I, dude, I am, I am fucking deep. And Eric, how many Super Bowls have there been? Jesus Christ. I have no idea. There's been a ton. How many Super Bowls have been? Super Bowl 50 something. There's only been like 50 some, huh? Yeah. 53 is this year. Yeah. No, 50, 58 is this year, I think. Or is it? Mm-hmm. No. Was it? What? I, I hate that they use the Roman numerals. I'm just going to come out and say it. I hate it. How many Super Bowls are there, Doug? Uh, LV is 50, right? Yeah. So this year is 53. Eric, do you want to take a get vent? I guess fifty six. I think it's not fair because I'm pretty sure you saw it when you were looking up the merch stuff on Spring Fever. But how many Grey Cups do you think there's been? I'm gonna guess one ten. Yeah, this is one ten right here. A lot of Grey Cups. A lot of damn Grey Cups. Football is actually invented in Canada. It's crazy as it sounds. It's insane. It's the longest running sports like football league, professional football league. Now. You've been to a Nebraska college game. How does that compare to going to the Grey Cup? Obviously, there's more people at the Nebraska game, just based on the fact that the stadium holds a lot more. And, like, it's just this, the only thing to do here is football. I also went to Hamilton. I also went to Tim Hortons Field. Tim Hortons Field, I'll tell you this, it's like a um, – when, when it's empty, it feels kind of like an FCS school stadium. When it's okay. full – it's really fun and it feels legit. It's, it's really rocking. cool. It's rocking. Jim, I'd like to thank you. I mean, Jesus Christ, dude. We, we had you on for the USFL. XFL. XFL. The XFL back in XFL, like fucking March. USFL, CFL. Uh, you've been a rock for way too much, way too many weeks. I greatly appreciate you. 
you know, going to have a little sabbatical until the USFL, XFL, or whatever the merger starts up. You'll be back for that. And, uh, you know, I look forward to it. But more importantly, Jim and I are on Spring Fever every Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Central Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, Obviously, with the sponsored by Royal Retros, go to Royal Retros, use promo code Spring Fever, 10% off. Um, We're going to continue a lot of USFL talk, XFL talk, some Japanese football talk, some Euro football. Yeah, we're getting into like the tournament arc for the, the X League right now. Yeah, so we'll be a lot of talk. So Jim and I, you can catch us on that. And always, you can catch us every Saturday morning with our buddy Chase at the College Football Tailgate, talking shop and everything. Make sure to check that out. Make sure to give Jim a follow at XFL Jim. Let's make some money, man. Let's cash some tickets, and uh, we'll talk soon, buddy. Let's make this moolah. Please make sure to give my boy Jim a follow at XFL Jim. As always, Jim, Chase, and myself will be live Saturday morning. 10 a.m. Eastern to preview the college football slate. Look, guys, I'd like to thank you for tuning in. Let's make some money. Let's cash some tickets. Reminder, the ETOP 2-1 Sports Show is live this Tuesday night. Jim, XFL Jim, is this week's special guest. We'll look back at Week 11, share our Week 12 bets. Also, no podcast next week due to the holiday. Let's make some money. Let's cash some tickets. I'll see you guys in two weeks.